Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And today is Tuesday, and many of you know on Tuesday, that is when we do the episode From the Pulpit to the Couch, where you will be receiving biblical teachings from individuals that are either Bible scholars, ministers, or individuals that basically know the Word of God, along with myself, Janet Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, I want to say today, I noticed that I got put in Facebook jail, and I'm going to put it out there, partly because of the content of the information for the show. Now, this show is not designed to smear churches or talk about individuals or bring something, even though I know it's of a negative connotation because many of us do not want this happening in our home, in our churches, or to our children. Yet, it is happening and it's still growing. I found it to be very interesting also as I was obtaining information as it relates to this show about the fact that many individuals don't know what to do, yet this is still a growing problem. So today, we're going to be addressing the concerns as it relates to protecting our children. When we talk about protecting our children, as the topic is predators in the church, there are many sex offenders in the world, whether an individual is registered or not. However, when it comes to the church, the question is, how should this issue be addressed? We know that it is well known that many children have been subject to sexual abuse while in the church. I found that out even as I posted the information and the feedback that I was receiving. Even some of the the individuals that I was meeting today and I was bringing this up and they were like, wow, you're going to be talking about that? People need to hear that. But a lot of times people still want to throw it up under the bus as if it's taboo. Now the question is, could it be that the churches are now becoming an access for our children to become a target? So how do we protect our children, and what is the sex offender to do if one wants to attend church, make amends, amends, or turn their life over, and also be safe? So let's talk about it. If you want to join in the conversation, give me a call, 516-387-1914. So let me log on. I believe this is Miss Lady T. Good morning, Lady T. How you doing? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I am, well, fighting with the traffic, dealing with clients, doing all this stuff. And I was sharing, I got put in Facebook jail today. And it was interesting because Facebook sent me all kind of notifications in regards to posting what I posted. But the, mm-hmm. most, the interesting part about this was my, my auntie kind of commented and put a like on it, even though they refused to post some of my information, but yet some of the stuff had already got out there. And mm-hmm. when I responded to her, I had to clarify what the intent was. And I think she kind of knew it anyway in regards to we're going to be providing resources and help educate individuals. Because, you know, Tammy, when I was asking people, including yourself, what is the church to do, a lot of people couldn't answer that question. Now, tell the listeners who you are. And I believe Mr. Tony has signed on. But tell the listeners who you are so we can get started with this topic. Oh, well, I'm, as she said, she called me Lady T, so I'll leave it like that. (laughs) 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 
some of you don't like that know who I am. Some of you do. <laughs> okay. And well, I guess we'll log yeah. on. We, we, we got we got we got you, Lady T. I guess let me log on, Mister T. Hold. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna change your people's uh, names around here? <laughs> nothing like Mister T. Mister Tony Hoy is here. <laughs> you know what? Look, when you had hair, you never wanted to look like Mister T. You never uh, want to have a thing up on top of your head to show how big and strong you to are. A, never, never wanted to have you a mohawk on my head. I'm a brother, not an Indian. <laughs> I'm a brother, not a Native American. I need a full afro. You need an afro? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to the show. I appreciate you calling in because, you know, I'm going to say, you know, I kind of changed the, the topic name. Well, let's get started with this show as we talk about predators in the church because I was sharing that I indicated that I was placed in Facebook jail, but the show is to educate, provide positive resources, and to prevent abuse because this is something that is happening. Now, Ms. Tony, tell listeners who you are, and let's start talking about this topic. Well, first of all, I'm Tony Hoy, ordained minister of God. And uh, well, mainly a, uh, not an evangelist, but if someone wants to be that, that's fine. I'm just a preacher of the Word of God as closely as I can, can is the way Jesus meant for it to be, if that's what the introduction you're looking for. Mainly Tony Hoy, so that's what they can call me as. So they can look me up as Tony Hoy, and that's it. So, <laughs> so what else you want to know? <laughs> Because um, there's a lot of hatred going on against religion because of this. And uh, there's many things that people need to know who are hating the church, like the church can't do nothing about it. And then uh, let them know the differences of how some church handle this thing. And I'm not saying they're wrong for handling it that way. But I want folks to know is that the church religion is in the business of converting people's lives, and it has done more good than it has harm, but that's not an excuse that I'm trying to make for it. Is that we're in the business of uh, doing God's work, and that is converting people to uh, live a righteous life. And Christ does this. We don't do it. The Spirit of God converts them. And so it's so much hatred going on, and I do a lot of blogging myself, and it doesn't know, it doesn't matter what I say. Them people can't stand religion, and that's just the way it is. And what I found is is a lot of ignorance associated with them. They think that the church is actually condoning pedophilia, and it's really not. And so some churches have moved these people around, like in the Catholic Church, knew that the priest was a pedophile and sent him to another parish knowing he was a pedophile, and he does it to another kid there, which they should have excommunicated him. But for the most part, a lot of them are trying to, uh, 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 if they expel them, they're just trying to keep the congregation clean. And I want them to know that uh, that's what church Jesus meant about uh, that an ill man does. An ill man needs a physician, and, an, an, and, a, and a man that is not sick doesn't need a physician. 
And so that's mm-hmm. what the church mainly does is trying to heal people in the name of God. And whatever wrong that God has decided that they are doing, they're making the necessary changes to become a person mm-hmm. that God wants them to be. And in that process, there's people who are going to lapse. There's nothing we can do about that. They're going to lapse. And that's why I wanted to have the discussion that keep help to uh, help those and, and uh have them informed on the situation and and the how the church is in is in a between a rock and a hard place in some of these places as far as keeping confidentiality of the person or the member who's done such a thing. Mhm. And you know what? And that's true because I don't think a lot of people do background check. We got somebody else calling in too, and then I want to share something. So let me log on this caller first, and then I'll share some information I'm looking at. Good morning. This is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. Number ended in two eight. How are you doing? Oh, they hung up. Okay. So I'm looking at some information. The person that just just hung up, if you want to listen to the show, you can just click on the link to listen. But when you call in the number, it is as if you want to share something. So I don't mean to – I'm not going to put these people's whole numbers mm-hmm. out there, but just so that they'll know because we get a lot of calls calling in, and so they'll know so people won't be speaking over each other. So thank you for calling in, but you can just click on the link, too, to listen. Now – Tony, I'm looking at some information, and it was in the Daily News, and it was back in February 2019. And it says, hundreds of sex offenders at a Southern Baptist church molested 700 or more children over decades. And there was a report about this. And they indicate that there was an explosive news report revealed that decades of abuse by Baptist clergy, youth leaders, and other leaders in a Southern Baptist church against children and teens. The 380 perpetrators, some were registered as sex predators, left at least 700 victims. Now, when you brought this to my attention, I was thinking of a way, how do we protect our children? How do we, you know, even as a therapist, I remember um, in my last relationship, my husband didn't want me working with sex offenders. And I have a history of working with sex offenders because some people feel people are not going to change. But when you talked about the relapse, and the way I was seeing this is ways to protect our children, ways to protect the congregation, ways to protect the person that is a prior offender, and hopefully they're not offending. And if they're having these issues or are about to relapse, they can go get some help. I was seeing it from that perspective. What is your thought in regards to that? Because we don't need no more children molested in the church. Well, let me say, let me say this to you right now. You're going to continue. I, I know that people are not going to want to like what I'm about to say. You're going to continue to have children molested in the church. Now, I know that's something nobody wants to. Oh, yes, it is. It's, it's going to happen because the church. Here's what happened. You got to think about a man or a person who is not a pedophile and a person who is. And this is how it was explained to me, and I didn't even get it myself. The majority of Christians go to church, and they're not pedophiles. The, mm-hmm. uh, there's a number that is, and they get an erection when they're around children. So understanding, I never, I never could even phantom such a thing like that because my mind was never in that kind of mess. They said that mm-hmm. the pedophile gets an erection when he's around a child, and he, some of them cannot control that hard-on that they get around a kid. And so what they've decided to do, you've got to remember this, just like a thief, 
a pedophile constantly trying to figure out how he's going to get to somebody's kid, whether mm-hmm. it's in church or not. It don't matter. He's trying to figure out certain ways how he's going to get around to get to your kid. Get the kid, say something to him, hey, come here and get this little doggy, or hey, how you doing in church? Uh, did you read this scripture? And the kid goes, yes, I read this scripture. Or if the child had a part in the church, he goes over and says, you did a great job. Uh, what's your name? And all this stuff. Oh, do you like this? Do you like candy? Do you like doing this? He's fine, and he's trying to figure out every way to get at someone's child, even in the church. And so they figure in the church, uh, that's like a pedophile paradise because the church members, majority of them, are forgiven, and their mindset is not on hurting a child uh, or mm-hmm. molesting a child, but the pedophile is. So <laughs> you got to understand their mindset, and and who wants to understand a sick mindset like that? So I'm drawing a a, a parallel between a one who don't have a sick mind and one who does, and how people need to understand what is their motive. And mm-hmm. so once you know that, because the majority of people go to church trying to do what is right, trying to uh, better mm-hmm. their lives, the pedophile was invited in because he thought he was ready to change his life, but he found out that the desires toward a child is even straight, even even stronger, and he's trying mm-hmm. to uh, find some ways, and he doesn't want to be exposed. He really Correct. don't want to be exposed because uh, – he, he was invited to church anyway. He came to church because he thought he needed God. But it's like someone who relapsed from drugs. They All of a sudden, they mm-hmm. go on the path of taking, you know, uh, stopping drug use, and then they lapse. And they go back and hit it again because they miss it. And they keep lapsing again. And they keep saying to themselves, well, I've been clean for this year. And then they start over. Well, I've been clean for six months. Then a year goes mm-hmm. by, they la- I've been clean. It starts all over, and that's how people need to understand. That's how this matter happens with a pedophile. He wants to do what is right, but the desire is so strong. And so what mm-hmm. can we do? Church, what churches have done is they realize they're in the business of converting and trying to work with this person. The problem is mm-hmm. it's gotten to a point where the church is going to, and I know people are not going to like what I say. You're going to have to expel this member and tell them don't come back, or uh, that's, the, that's the only way. you got to expel this member and tell them don't come back. You have to protect gotcha. these children. Got you. Now, so I'm, I'm looking straight at something. Telling. I'm looking at something, and it talks about facts and trends, and it says, is a sex predator using you to reach kids? And one of the things they talk about is they serve tirelessly in church. They seem to love their community. Kids seem to feel safe with them, and they've worked to earn your trust. But are they grooming you to get access to the kids in your care? And it indicates that recent headlines have screamed of children and teenagers victimized by someone at church who gained the trust of parents and other adults. The predator might be a youth or children's minister, a church volunteer, or even a pastor. And how can a church leader and parents know whom they can trust? Now, Kemi, I'm gonna ask you this question coming as a first lady. How do you know? What do you what are some of the signs? And we're gonna be talking about some of the signs to look for. But being a first lady, what would you do? Well, I mean, some of the signs are um the young ladies or the young men themselves. You you just have to listen to them. They say things, you know, little disturbing things like, you know, people. some people in the church, they don't listen. Like they'll say, oh, she fat. She don't need to wear that. She don't do that. But if they would listen, she's saying, 
so-and-so, Deacon so-and-so said this to me, or so-and-so tried to touch me, or when I went in the bathroom, so-and-so followed me in the bathroom. Those are signs to me. Why are you following the young lady in the bathroom? You know, it don't matter. Mm -hmm. 16 years old, 15, you're still a child. So nobody pays attention. But see, once, see, I've, I've experienced this. A child was saying little things. I paid attention. I watched. And there was someone, every time she got up to go to the bathroom or something, there was a, a young man in the church following her. So I went and I told the pastor, which was my husband, I said, I mentioned it, and, you know, he got dealt with. And he's like, you know, and then we had another situation with a predator that was calling some of the women late hour in the midnight hour. He got the roster, was calling late in the middle of the hour, tell him, they had nice bodies, and he wanted them to work with him and do some modeling stuff. And this was an elder in the church. So I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. hold on. Wait wait a minute. You know, and these were young, impressionable ladies, so they're just like, uh, you know, they thought it was kind of creepy, and they didn't want to come to church, but they were still coming, and finally they said something. So we addressed it. But mm-hmm. um, the, the pastor, or my husband, he didn't go about it the right way. He he still allowed them to operate. I said, no, 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 because in that aspect, the church could be sued as well because, mm-hmm. you know, if someone gets hurt while they're in your care in the building that you're over, they could sue the church if something happens to their child because the parent is not there. You're responsible for the child when they enter that building. So yeah. I pay attention to everything. So mm-hmm. he used to always say, you need to sit up front, you need to sit up front. But I always wanted to sit in the back because I wanted to pay attention. I wanted to watch. I wanted to look. And I listened to them. And a lot of kids would come to me. They would talk to me. They would write me letters. So I paid attention. And I knew the mm-hmm. difference. And then we had somebody that was just a hot mama and was saying she wanted to sleep with the pastor. She wanted to sleep with the deacon. She wanted to sleep with everybody. I was like, hold on, sweet, sweet peace. You know, you need mm-hmm. to back up. And then she turned it into, oh, they said this to me. Nope, nobody was saying nothing to her. It was just her hormones, and she just thinking, you know, she she wanted to sleep with people in the church because of some things she had been through from home watching yeah. stuff. That's what I was so, going to say because I, you sometimes know, right. another issue. Right. Another so you have to pay attention, and you have to know, you know, the different scenarios. You have to, And then you have to watch, like, if someone wants to, watch over the children and a lot of things we miss is so everybody's looking at men we have women pedophiles oh, women and women too. predators as well so yeah, that is people look over the women and the women are getting away with stuff you know yep. i'm glad you brought that up tammy because that is true because a lot of times we are focused on the men and don't pay attention to the women because most young men especially young men that i know most young men that I know that I talk to have been molested or had their first sexual experience as a young kid or a teenager by an older adult and don't even realize that was a form of molestation. They don't even realize it. But um, but that is true, and that's something that we all yeah. miss. And mm-hmm. we have to end the silence. If a kid is acting out or coming to you or don't feel comfortable around you, you know, don't make the kid go to so-and-so. I don't care what their title is. Now, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe you or Tammy may know this, because I know, like, in, in my field with mandated reporters, we only report if it's within our work or within our line of duty when we're at work. Now, 
in order to volunteer at school or to do certain things, do the churches do a live scan on their leaders or individuals working with children? Can one of you answer that question? Some do churches don't do that. Yeah, for, as far as us on the witness stand, they check a person to see if they're a pedophile. But here's what I'm going to tell you this about that, and then I'll let Tammy say what she has to say on her end. A lot of these people that are doing this stuff are not registered. Correct. They never they, 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 they was not a pedophile. I, I, you know, they were not a pedophile, and then they get turned on by something. And the other thing is, is stopping it is not going to be an easy thing because we don't have the ability to know what someone is doing in their home. We can only mm-hmm. try to control when it comes to the to, to, to the congregation level. And I've seen lawsuits where people have been molested in their home. Now, I'm a witness, so you got this person who was claiming to be a witness, and he's molesting his daughter in his own home. This is not going on in the Kingdom Hall. And then they come to the brothers with it and tell the brothers, and the brothers turns it over to the authorities. Now, let me step back. Many years ago, the church did not have to report to the authorities on child abuse. They, they mandated a law and say anyone involved with the clergy has any incident of uh, abuse, Report it has to be also reported to the authorities. But many years ago, they didn't have to do that. The church had authority over all the matters. So you see a lot mm-hmm. of these lawsuits are coming from pre, uh, 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 pre uh, doing before they passed the law. And so those some of those uh, uh, incidents are still relevant according to the authorities. So mm-hmm. uh, what I'm saying is is that you, you're just not going to. I'm just going to tell you, we do not have the ability. God didn't give us the ability to know what's going on in somebody's home. We, The church operates on trust, and that this man is following the word of God, and, 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 and we don't have no sickle mind like that, but they do. And so the way mm-hmm. to curb this thing is it, it, you can't stop the incident from happening. But like what Tammy said, you got to be those who are leaders got to keep a mind on it. I know what the witnesses is. They will get up and make an announcement and say this person has become a Christian. They don't tell us exactly what he did. But what's happening is the church is eventually going to have to, anyone who sins like that is going to have to get up and say, this person has committed this particular act, especially when it comes to uh, molestation, molesting someone, and just let that person leave and don't come back. I, I, I hate to say that because every man needs, you know, can repent to God. But we we don't we don't think about things until it happens to one of our own personal children, our own right. personal relatives. We not think when somebody tells us that it's happening, and that's a horrible thing when somebody's molested some child. And it's because it mm-hmm. hasn't happened to us, we don't feel it. But we need Correct. to start feeling it, and 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 Correct. start saying this person got to go. They gotta go. But but you know what? And I'm and, and as we are talking, and I don't want to like I said throw nobody's name up under the bus, but. Eddie Long's face is, is coming in my head. And a lot of times when we have these things, even in leadership, sometimes even the congregation don't want them to leave. So then that becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's you, true. That, that's, you that's, you that's why I'm laughing. Like, that is whatever said true. I could tell you this from my experience, that when an accusation comes up against a leader who is loved in the congregation, the congregation tend to size with him until they see the facts. Mm-hmm. And but sometimes they still will even ignore the facts, and then it becomes a problem. And and I've worked with kids because I work with kids that have experienced 
childhood trauma, sexual molestation, whether it's in the church, in the home. And the one thing that the problem that they have is nobody, or they were told nobody's going to believe you or you're lying. That's why they got the authorities involved. That's Mm -hmm. why they end up getting the authorities involved, because what was happening is when the church was allowed to handle all of its fairs, uh, mm-hmm. The church couldn't really handle child abuse. They never really could have handled that. Yes, fornication mm-hmm. and adultery between adults, they, the church never really could handle child abuse. It was just beyond its control of, mm-hmm. of, you know, of, of, of handling. And so the authorities realized that it was children was being molested and the church was not, uh, they couldn't do anything because the church don't, we don't have a jail to put nobody in. So we don't have no way of binding this person. So the only way the church can handle it is by means of the scriptures. Uh, shun the person or expel the person. Let the congregation know to watch out for this particular person. Yeah, they, they have to do that, especially when it comes to that. And as I was saying, yeah, I can understand the consenting adults. If two adults commit adultery or fornication, whatever, it, yeah, you can handle that. They're adults. But when a child mm-hmm. is involved, eight, nine years old, that, and, and that child has been sexually assaulted. You got to remember, whatever you do to that child at that age, you can send them off into the very world that the Bible condemns. Correct. So and some of them molested them children, and them children have turned out to become homosexuals and lesbians because of what took place, what you did to them, and you set yeah. them down and a course of the of, of the Word of God that condemns their act. But you, but the right. someone did that to them. So we have to be right. mindful of that. And, uh, and and I think it's come to a point. I really believe it has come to a point that we have to expel these persons. Now there are some who have a repentant attitude, but you know what? Let them deal with Christ and God on their repentance. We mm-hmm. have to protect the, the the congregation or the church, and 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 we have to keep our eyes open on what's going on. We have to get, just eventually tell this member he needs to just go on and move on. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I don't see me, how let me, let me finish this last point up Let me finish this last point up let Tammy speak. I don't see how you're going to let that person Back in the church And then that person's got to face the abuser That they abused gotcha. Two both of them going to show up uh, at the church So how are you going to deal mm-hmm. with that That's going to cause some friction In the congregation Well not only that it can cause some friction It can cause a whole lot of stuff in the church At home too when these, these type of things happen. Um, and what I want to say, too, is when we start talking about them, like you said, there's a lot of people that have engaged in, in behaviors, and some have gotten caught, some have not, because some people tell, some people don't, and they keep the secret, and they get tired of holding other people's secret. And it has impacted right. them in regards to whether their sexuality, whether how they view themselves, their self-esteem, um, drug and alcohol use, prostitution, all kind of maladaptive behaviors have came out of a result of being um, abused unless somebody gets some help because there are some survivors out there too. Now, I want oh, yeah. to share some information, and it talks about facts and trends, and this is where it's coming from, and it talks about five visible ways to show your church is working to keep kids safe because this is about safety. Your church has trained leaders on the risk of child abuse. Your volunteers have made have been made fully aware of reporting procedures, and they understand and abide by the church ministry policy such as adult rules, which is one of them. Now, another thing that they go into is have a visual indicator of your church commitment to training. One of the things is you have to have some type of policy and you have to discuss it. If someone is violating it, it should be consequences for that. 
prominently display concrete policies, which is another thing that they talk about. Another thing that they show is we talk about the two-adult rule. Two adults must be in one room with a child, have a bathroom policy, a summary of reporting rules, such as we report allegations of suspicions of abuse, a statement briefly explaining your leaders have been screened and trained to recognize high-risk responses of behaviors, such as often miss on, you know, background checks, and monitor with regularity. You have to monitor these things if they're in leadership and create a culture of communication, meaning most churches have some sort of online registration process for their children and student programs, and they indicate that this is an opportunity for churches to proactively and clearly emphasize their commitment to safety and address sexual abuse from the pulpit. One of the things is they don't want to talk about that, but if you talk about it, it gives people the idea that this will not be tolerated here. Because, like I said, a lot of times people are holding on to things, the church hurt, because, I mean, like I said, I've never been molested or anything like that, but I cannot imagine that happening. I tell my mother, my mother would have came in and blew up the whole dog on church if I told her that somebody like that had did something like that to me in the church. So, there can be some repercussions, but we got to do better with protecting our children. And I also want to say also that when we talk about registered sex offenders, people don't understand also because we don't want to just shun individuals or mistreat individuals because there are levels, too. You know, you have the serial well, racist. Who? Not, Wait a minute. Who we don't want to shun, not the victim, me, but definitely no, the person who committed the act. Let me say this about the act, and I'm going to say this because I, I work with individuals. Let's say, for an example, you go to a club, and you meet a woman in the club, and you got two consenting adults, and y'all go in the back of that club, and y'all have sex and drive in the parking lot. Do you know that if the police pull up on you and y'all get in trouble, y'all could be deemed a sex offender? That's a sex offender. Um, using the bathroom. For years, little boys would go outside and pull their little thing out, pee-pee in the bathroom. If you get caught, that's a sex offender. So what I'm seeing is these types of situations are not individuals where we're saying, you know, we don't want my kid around you, we don't want to. So that's where we have to be cautious with stuff like that because then there are also charges in the penal code where there's lewd and lucidious acts with children under the age of 14. So me being trained in law enforcement and criminal justice system, I understand the different penal codes and the types of individuals that register that don't register. But we're talking about a serial rapist. When we're talking about a person that we know molested their own children. When we're talking about those things. I think that we got to be kind of also, Tony, knowledgeable in that area too. We got to be educated in that and not just put a person in a box when you got caught because you were sitting outside pissing because you had to use bathroom on the side of your car. I, I thoroughly understand that analysis, but let me, let me read this one script. This is every time I talk to people about shunning and expelling, somehow, some way, there some church, a lot of churches do it now. First, they used to beat the witnesses up about shunning and expelling. Now they do it now because they realize things have gotten real worse. But this is this under the direction of God the Father. First Corinthians five thirteen. Anyone listening, write this scripture down. I'm going to read it clearly. It says, what business is Paul? What business of mine is it to judge those outside the church? We talk about those in the world. Then he mm-hmm. asked them a question, those who are the leaders in the church. He said, 
are you not to judge those inside, which means is God has gave them the authority to judge those inside the church who have done wicked things. Now notice what he mm-hmm. says this. God will judge those outside, expel the wicked man from among you. Those are orders by God Almighty through the Apostle Paul. That any man who's gone too far like molesting a child should be expelled from the Christian congregation. Those clear-cut words, clear and cut. You you can't sauce it up. It don't mean anything this, this way. Expel that man outside from amongst you. Now, Paul, they wrote Paul about a situation as what to do when one of the members was sleeping with his own mother. And Paul Mm -hmm. said, put that man outside the church. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have a now, direct direct order from God Almighty to expel it. If this person do not, if he's done something so sick, and I'm going to tell you, molesting a child is sick, and this person needs to be expelled like most of them do. If he comes to his seat, his thinking, he didn't pray to God for repentance, the, those men taking the lead can make a decision as to whether or not to let him back in if they deem mm-hmm. that this man has a repentant attitude. Those are the orders from God, and we cannot, those who are in the church cannot subvert that order. So it's a difference mm-hmm. with the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to bring you. that so folks would know that. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, especially when you're talking about molestation, because you actually committed the act of molesting. But then I'm, th- I'm talking about in regards to individuals that are registered sex offenders. Because a person could be a registered sex offender and have not molested, so that's why I want right, to right, right. Well, the Bible is not the Bible is talking about someone who has committed an, a, a sinful act. Now, if he's a registered gotcha. sex offender, they brought him into the church, and he he he, he remember the church is in the business of repentance, correct, and turning people's lives around. He feels that he needs mm-hmm. God in his life. And he needs to remove that we believe that the demon is in this prayer. He needs to remove and dwell on the word of God. Then that's a different matter. But we got to keep in mind mm-hmm. that he still fights with the demons. Mm-hmm. And he may want to do what is right, but he is fighting with wicked spirit forces in heavenly places who is trying to get mm-hmm. him to go back from what he was doing. And the congregation, those who are taking lead, want to have to keep this man in their eyesight. Got you. And so you know what? Yeah, we don't shun. That person is not shun. We're talking about someone who has baptized, dedicated their lives to God, and then they, they're commissioned to do what is right. If they slip and fall, those men inside the congregation have the right to expel him and judge him. That's exactly what the scripture says. Those who don't want that, that's on them. Those who do, that's on them too. Well, this is my question, too, because I know that we're talking about predators in the church, and there's predators out there in the community, period. And whether they come in the church or not, we still need to keep our children safe and make sure that we teach our children to also be aware of things of that nature. And like I said, and I can speak on it from a, a victim's advocate perspective because, like I said, I work with individuals who have been sexually assaulted. And from the legal part of it in regards to also working with individuals who have been or who is trying to be or doing therapy towards rehabilitation. And like I said, I'm not trying to work with a serial rapist, but I know I've seen individuals from a lot of different levels when it comes to stuff like that. So I just wanted to put it out there. Sammy, anything you want to share as we continue with in regards to what this looks like and how can we 
protect our children, especially, like I said, with you or your experience of being a first lady in the church? Well, um, one way is to, well, you can keep them at bay if they do come to church. You don't know they're a sex offender. You don't know they're a predator. You don't know they're, you know, a pedophile. If they come to church and they see that um, you have, you know, a good, like a nice little barrier around the children, like you pay attention, it may keep them at bay because I know with me, I know with me, my, I have two daughters, so it didn't matter. I, I could be clapping, I could be singing, I could be doing whatever. If my kids, one of them had to go to the bathroom, I got up and took them myself. Mm-hmm. I did not let them go to the restroom by themselves because walking to the restroom, you have to go out, go through the foyer, go to the bathroom. There's a lot of in-between space right there, and then there's the front door to come into the church. So they could have got mm-hmm. snatched. They could have got anything could have happened between that mm-hmm. walk. So, and if I didn't take them, one of my nieces took them or my nephews, you know, walked them to the bathroom. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Some people get so caught up in the church, like they jumping around, shouting, praising, and they ain't paying attention to their children. And their children are wandering all over and you don't know where they at in the church. And another Mm -hmm. thing that I did is I didn't allow there to be one teacher in the classroom. There has to be two. Mm Mm-hmm. There has to be two people because one person could be doing something, and so you need two people in there. And, yes, a lot of churches do not. They do not sit down. They don't do background checks. They don't do nothing. They let people walk in and say, oh, I'm this, and they just put them in position. And I know my husband did this. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We don't know these people from Adam. They just off the street. You know, you don't just put nobody, just because they say that's what they are, let them show themselves, let them prove who they are. And if that's mm-hmm. who God calls them to be, we, you don't just take people at their word. You got to you gotta show me something. So that's yeah. how and I, I am. Say, because I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to say with this too, too, Tammy, you want to make sure that you ain't got one that's going to cover for the other one too and keep that other person secret. Right. That's because, why, that's what I'm saying. That's why you get two different people. You don't get two people that know each other, that's friends. You get two opposites, mm-hmm. you know, and you put, you put one in there, and you know one that's going to say, well, I didn't like the way they did that. You know, they did mm-hmm. something in the class, they don't like the way they did it. So you just, you know, if you have discernment and you have relationship with God, God's going to show you and let you know who you can put in position and who you can't, you know, who you mm-hmm. can trust and who you can't. Because, and a lot of time, and then another thing is, too, I always went and checked myself. I just didn't say, oh, the kids are good. Nope, I would get up. I would go and check on the kids. Oh, how's everything? Is everything okay? I always checked mm-hmm. and made sure and then, because but, I worked with but, the kids a long time. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, too, because I know we are 20, about 21 minutes left on the show. And if you want to call in, if you have any questions, you can give us a call, 516 516- Three eight seven one nine one four. One of the things too is not only educating the pastors and people that are in leadership, also educating the parents on what to look for and not be so trusting, and also educate our children. I'm going to start with the children because I remember I think I was at church one time and I took Ryder because Ryder said he had used bathroom, and I walked in because Ryder being a boy, I had to take him to the girls' bathroom because I didn't want him to go into the boys' bathroom by himself. 
Why did slam the door in my face and told me wait right here? <laughs> so sometimes, and it doesn't mean that things are going to be so obvious because sometimes the act may not occur in the church, but it could the act could occur where you have taken or allowed your child to spend a night with a church member or on a church outing or event. So I don't want people to just think that, oh, my God, i got to be careful in the church, in the bathroom at the church, or behind the building of the church, because it's the relationship that we got to be mindful of as individuals are trying to lure, pursue, or gain our trust in order to get to our children. So I want to make sure mm-hmm. we put that out there, because a lot of times we I don't want to just focus on it's happening in the church, we're talking about members of the church and pro- educating our children, providing them with, you know, stranger danger, or letting them know this is my body part. This is my. So if someone mm-hmm. coming at them, are they feel uncomfortable so that our children feel that they can trust us to share and tell us these things? Now, Tony, what do you have to say in regards to that? How would you go about talking to the children to let the children know that they're safe? Well, the, the the Bible scripture tells us, even when the when the Israelites was under the Mosaic law, and it still applies today as far as that we're supposed to raise our children on the Word of God at an age, at an early age, and mm-hmm. uh, let them know what type of world they really live in. Uh, some of our, you know, it's a shame that's the way it has to be, but that's the way it has to be. But they come to a certain age, we have to teach our children. I remember when my nephews were real young, I took them downtown and showed them the homelessness. Now, the homelessness is shot at, this was back in 2002, and now the homelessness is five times to ten times greater than that. And I said, listen, look, listen, look at this young boy. So I said, look, I said, this can be a result of you not planning very well. You got in this world, you have to get up and go to work. Now, I said, now everyone out here is not because they planned work, didn't plan well. But I said, this shows you that the world don't care anything about you and you, how easily you can be out here on these streets. And I told them, when you become a certain age, you're going to have to get up and go to work. And mm-hmm. my nephews get up and they go to work. They, buy, they, they do it pretty good for nephews. But I took them out there to see it with their own eyes to show them what kind of world they've been brought in. Now, the Bible does the same thing for Christians. Matthew twenty four nineteen. it told the women and those who are suckling babies and bringing children into this world, it said, woe to them who give suck to child in these days. Mm-hmm. That tells us by the time we get close to this world, this is what we're going to have to deal with. That we're going to mm-hmm. have to deal with pedophiles, murderers, rapists, people doing all kind of crazy things. And and, and, mm-hmm. and we have to teach them in a, in a very respectful manner that this is the world that they've been brought in. And that, mm-hmm. that, that good book, that Bible tells us everything we need to know. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You raise that child up. It's like you were speaking about your grandson. Get him a Bible study real early. Uh, 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 get him a Bible study real early and watch that energy and all that stuff. He got the, the Bible, the Word of God is going to mold him. And it's going to mm-hmm. make him the way God, want, God wants him to be. And that's what we're looking forward to. And then you're going to teach him as you reach a certain age. Be careful mm-hmm. of this. Don't accept the tricks. Someone saying, hey, come out to the car. And uh, I know you like mm-hmm. this dog. Come see this dog. And before you know it, the kid then ran out there. Uh, and and uh, that's what we have to do. You got to constantly right. teach. And then you talked, we also talked about people need to understand is that 90 
five, well, actually 96, 79% of the times the child is not molested in church. They molested at home. Correct. Or the molester's uh, place of residence. So um, keep that. They have to keep that in mind and be mindful of what the kind of world. That's what it. That's what it boils down to. Teaching your children the the word of God and the world that Satan, the devil, has 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 brought about. And and that's the key to it right there. And keeping them in your mm-hmm. sight, uh, wherever they may be. You know, our children they like to get in some open places and they love to run. Before you know it, that kid is gone. And uh, mm-hmm. you almost like now you got to keep a latch on them like you do with dogs. Or just, like, so hey, that, but it's true. They love open right spaces, off. man. They be gone. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you turn your head around, that kid is almost 500 yards down, mm-hmm. gone. Uh, I know. I took Ryder one time to the beach. I looked up. Ryder was gone. I thought he was going to climb the fence and jump in the ocean. I'm like, I don't swim. <laughs> Ryder was gone. I was like, oh, my God. He should go kill me. You know, wait till I tell you the story today when I get off the phone because Keisha called me back and told me what the school said. Ryder been defending himself. Ryder ain't having it. Ryder. <laughs> That's Ryder. Oh, my God. Teacher just going to leave him on my doorstep with a bow. Because uh, Ryder, Ryder, Ryder. Yeah, wow. listen so, Tammy, how do you talk to your children about, um, because I'm looking at an article, and it talks about, it's time to talk about predators in a church. How do you talk to your children? Your children are adults now, too. And mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that parents can talk to their children so that their children know that they can come and talk to them or go tell somebody, you know, that don't worry about people saying they're not going to believe you? What, what do you, what, how, how can we address this with the children? I well, I told my girls, I mean, I sat them down, I talked to them, and I pointed to the different areas of their body. I said, if anybody touch you here, you let mommy know. I said, you mm-hmm. t- you say, no, that's not wrong. That's not right. You don't touch me there. I said, you let me know. I said, don't ever be afraid to tell me anything. I said, you are not in trouble. You are not at fault. It's not your fault. I said, come and tell me. It don't matter who it is. I said, I, said, I don't care if it's an uncle or a cousin. Or your dad, I said. Mm-hmm. No one should touch these areas, even if it's a a, a niece or you know a, a auntie. Nobody should touch you in those areas. Nobody. Well, let me ask Tammy this like- question. Let me ask you this question, Tammy. What if you've already the daughter's already been touched in them area? Not even just touched, already been more than touched. What would you do? Well, I'm sorry, somebody dying. Cause I don't, uh-uh. I don't play that. Somebody getting killed, and hey, somebody. Yeah, dying. I, know, I, I know you don't really mean that, but that. Well, the reason why no, I posed that question, Debbie, I just no, put it on spot. Okay, well, you know what? She told you the truth, and she got a mama, and I got her mama back. No, so, no. Uh, I know what she said. You're right, Jeanette, but that's not her. She ain't going to kill nobody. She's going to okay, real try hard back. not to. She never tried hard not to, but they crossed the line. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's she told me that. She just said, Mom, this, this you what said I'm you trying are, to say. And that's what, that's what I was trying to say. That's what my mama, my oh, yeah, mama but they, told the whole church up. Yeah. But the thing is, oh, that person. 
But it's like she just told me one time, she said, Mom, you know, I know that you are so forgiving. I know how you're doing things. Even my son, when they poisoned my dogs one time, and my son know how I used to be, my son was like, what the world that happened? But I told Tisha, I said, I'm forgiving, but I, I got to get them just a little bit, and then I'll forgive them, you know? But the thing is, and we can't be like that, but I, like I said, speaking from individuals, but I know that some individuals that are in a hurt place too, Killing the person, we can't mm-hmm. kill everybody. That just ain't going to happen. But we got to get to a way where people feel safe, people are protected. And if you know right. you struggle with kids and you got kids, what? pornography all on your television, mm-hmm. your TV, I mean, your Internet or whatever the case may be, don't go in the church like well, that. I'm trying Watch to be on TV. Do something different. She said, I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be honest. If I don't, do, I if I don't kill them, somebody in my family going to kill them, and that's just the truth. I know. I already know, and so, you know it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good thing because I don't know it's like when when you have children and somebody harm your child, you you see differently, you think differently, mm-hmm. your mind snaps, and I don't mm-hmm. care how saved you are, your mind snaps. You're like, wait a minute, what? You know, you, you touched my bed, you did something to my child, and and I mean. Like like Tony was saying, you know, you might not kill them, but you want to, and you're going to get close to it unless somebody stop you. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, but mm. I always, I, but I, you know what, I was with, um, with my daughters growing up, I was with them all the time. I was, thank God, I was blessed to be able to be a stay-at-home mom and to be everywhere at all times. So they didn't too much say some stay somewhere without, you know, and if they did, they told me everything step, this is what happened, this, this, this. So we had an mm-hmm. understanding. So I always knew, you know, and I, I raised them up that way because of what happened to me in the military, you know, when I was um, sexually assaulted in the military. So that made it even worse for, for my girls because I was like, wait a minute, I was overprotective. Mm-hmm. And you know what, and I want to speak on that a little bit too. I know we're getting close to time is, because sometimes it may have happened to other people, and then sometimes it seems like there's, there's a vicious cycle. And how do individuals pick their bait? How do they choose their target? And it's like a person working at a daycare or a person, you know, working at so – and I want to say that when we talk about predators in the church, we're not only talking about with children. A lot of times when you look at sexual abuse, um, the elders abuse sexually – the mm-hmm. um, dependent adults are abused sexually because they mm-hmm. are viewed as being as the most vulnerable, and that's why we have any problems. And we have to stop taking advantage of individuals, and we do need to pay attention. Because Tammy, I remember that day when your um, cousin was standing outside, and I, I forgot what she did. She had a knife. She had something, and she said somebody did something to her, and nobody believed. Right. I believe when mm-hmm. she told me, I believe what she said. And found out she was mm-hmm. telling the truth. So we have to stop doing that to people. Now, you indicated right. something earlier, Tammy, about the insurance and the liability. Because church liability, and I'm looking at this from, it says agfinancial.org. And it talks about church liability and registered offenders. It says one of the top questions asked about church liability has to do with dealing with known registered offenders who attend church. What steps? Should a church take to protect its members from potential harm and itself from potential lawsuits? And it says, let it be understood that a church has not been held liable for unknowingly 
allowing a registered sex offender to attend service. This information relates to known registered sex offenders only. Furthermore, there is no need to perform background checks on everyone in the church. The church legal duty to proactively check background arises when someone is set apart in an official capacity as with employees or board members or those who work with minors in some way as volunteers, teachers, transportation providers, or those who have the keys to the church. So when it becomes known to a pastoral staff that a registered sex offender is attending, the church can choose one of the following three responses. They can either do nothing, but unfortunately, this approach often is taken by many churches, and this response is not recommended due to its associated legal risk. However, the offender may molest a minor liability to the church if the person will be willing working with the minor punitive damages for reckless or gross negligence. Now, it also says, too, total exclusions of all registered sex offenders from the church, which is kind of what I was hearing Tony talk about with the, um, with the Kingdom Hall. And although it may appear harsh and unforgiving, this is a valid option that depends on the severity of the person's crime there are different segregations of crimes for which a person can be placed on a state sexual offender registry because they have different tiers, meaning, and I was talking about that earlier in regards to when you're talking about how people are, you know, their crime, meaning that there are um, the least severe sex crimes. The person is on the registry for 15 years. There are more severe um, sex-related crimes, and the person is on the registry for 25 years, which is tier two, tier three. These are most heinous sex crimes, and the person remains on the registry for life. Now, another thing they say is, three, conditional attendance according to a signed legal agreement. This means that the person is allowed to attend, provided he or she complies with the conditions of the agreement. This is sometimes viewed as more merciful response, worded properly, and can be put in the church in a position to be viewed by having acted reasonably under the circumstances meaning that the offender may not work with minors in any official capacity. The offender may not transport minors. The offender may not attend children's or teens' functions at church. And a chaperone must be designed to observe the person at all times while they're on the church premises. Another thing that they go into when they talk about this is they explain how with churches, and we're dealing with this, and it says many registered sex offenders have been released from incarcerated as a result of a probation a parole agreement and some probationary agreements prohibited offenders from attending church. And if, if this, this is the case, it is essential for church leaders to know it. Because I know the difference between when we talk about Megan's law and we talk about Jessica's law, and with Jessica's law, they were making it so that a, a registered sex offender couldn't even live within a certain amount of feet of a school or a park. But I don't think it said anything about a church. So these are just some of the things that we can look into, but we have to know. We, we, we have to learn because we have to find ways of protecting our children. Tony, any question or anything you want to add to what I just indicated? Because I know Tammy had talked about the insurance part, and a lot of people are unaware of the church liability. Implications. I mean, here's what, what that, was, that was a whole lot of suggestion. But let me Let me say this right now. It's getting to a point where after a while, your insurance company will not settle these matters. The church is going to have to come out of this out of their own pocket. And and it's really 
my whole idea of this subject was not a you know we're not talking about the money it ain't it's about this child being molested and 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 I want people to understand this put yourself it's the 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 church is a heartfelt place where we all are bodies we're all members of the body of Christ we have heart and love for one another if someone molested somebody's child in the, in the in the congregation, they also molested me, and that's how I feel. And we are going to have to get up, make some serious everyone make some serious uh, uh, judgments. Remember, we are given the authority to judge those in the congregation. So when people hear that, don't judge that that they have no idea what they're talking about. We are given the authority to judge those in this congregation when they have done something wrong. And we have to start making up some rules to say, I tell you what, we already got one rule, and let's let them know. You can get up and make an announcement three times a year in the congregation of the church, whichever you choose to call it, and say we're letting all the members know any sexual allegation is going to be handed over to the authorities. And that's how mm-hmm. it's supposed to be done. And secondly, we are going to expel the member if it proves to be a truthful act. But if the authority is going to take over and investigate it, and, the, and this member is going to be expelled. We can't stop mm-hmm. it. We don't foresee it. And then we put in measures to make sure it don't happen. We can't stop it from happening in the homes, but we sure in the world can stop it from happening in the church. Mm-hmm. I have a question, though, Tony. What if it's a past act? Let's say that they had a prior charge, got out of prison, and want to go to church later. Huh? Let's say, because when we talk about that they, let's say that, because I heard you say the accusation, meaning like if someone just accused you just now and we're going to look into this, but let's say you got a person that served 25 years for a crime and got out of prison and got saved in jail and got out of the jail. Or prison right, right. And now we're not, right, right. We're not, that person here, remember now, a lot of these cases are coming up from things that happened in the past. They, they're allowing mm-hmm. people to suit these people. However, we don't – the judgment is not against that person for the act they've done in the past because they've, now they've decided they brought their life over to Christ. So we don't make a okay. judgment. We're told to blot out their sins and, for, and just uh, not to hold that against them. So they're not going to judge this particular person that's something they've done in the past. But as, as, a, as a, a Christian, a person who's claiming to, to do what is right at this point, if he does anything mm-hmm. after that, he will be judged. Okay. And you know, in the, and, um, in the congregation. Got you. And the thing is, too, when you are a registered sex offender, and if something or a kid come up missing in the community, they go to the registered sex offenders first to see what they, yeah, they do, to see if, you that's know, right. and that's why I asked that question, just to make sure we're clear on that. Tell me anything well, you let me, let add me, Before you get, hold on, hold on, before you let Terry roll on me now, roll. This one thing I <laughs> make sincere, make sincere. The scripture clearly, Jesus clearly gave an illustration about the angels who goes off in the parched places after he removed the demon. And I always tell people this. When you read in that Bible and Jesus expelling the demons, he expelling the demons out of God's people. He ain't talking, he ain't, he ain't preaching and expelling demons out of the Gentiles. Those are God's mm-hmm. people. And that's a lesson we can learn is that Satan the devil wants to use people who 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 uh live by the Bible. That's who he wanna mm-hmm. break. He has no what use he already using those in the world. He wants to break mm-hmm. those who are on the word of God. 
And so we have to be mindful. And if that person who've done something in the past like this, the demons don't easily let them go. So Jesus used the illustration that the demon, once the demon leaves the person, he goes off in the parched places and he looks for someone else. But then he realized mm-hmm. that he was happy in the home that he was in. And so he comes back, find that person slipping up on the word of God, not feeding themselves on the word of God day and night. And he finds an opening in that person. He brings seven more or many more demons and that person become worse mm-hmm. than what they are. That you mm-hmm. have to be mindful that that person can slip up. And if you do notice someone's on the registry and they come into the church, the church leaders have to keep an eye on that person because they can slip mm-hmm. up. And when they gotcha. do, and, that man's going to have more demons on him. And, and he's you really going to be looking for some kids. If you're out there, and I don't know if anyone has ever done that, but if you Google Megan's Law and you see all them little red balloons popped up, you will see so many people that are registered in your neighborhood, you know, where you live, you can find out by name. And like I said, this is not to slander anyone. This is not to because, you know, but at least you know. At least you know. You know what, Johnny, you can't go spend the night over here. Or so-and-so, you can't go over here. You know, we got to educate ourselves. We have to do better. We really do. Tell me anything you want to mm-hmm. say before we end the show. Um, No, just that um, the church um, leaders need to be more mindful um, as to who they allow over the children, over the congregation, and you do need to do an extensive background check. I mean, Correct. not just let anyone walk in and say, oh, I'm this, I'm that. No, find out if they are this and that, who they say yes. they are. I mean, check where they used to be. Why Why did they leave their old ministry? Why are they here now? You know, what happened there? What, you know, and then before that. You just have to do that to protect the children and not just the children, the adults, I mean, the young adults, all, everyone. So, you Correct. know, that's what you have to do. Correct. Well, you know what? I like the information that we provided out there. And just to give information, kids, I mean, people, some feedback. If you have any questions, any comments about today's show, you can either put a contact or a comment in the um, Facebook posting. Or you can all either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can email me at preciouspredicaments at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the show. And Tony and Tammy, again, thank you. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, so we'll figure it out. We're going to talk so, about Lady T. We're going to talk about Lady T and Lady J. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about Lady T and Lady J. Hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.